Are you ready? Are you the ready? The tithe. To did you see what my name is right now? The tithe. Yes. Okay, <laughs> but are you ready to do the show? I am ready. I'm also the tithe because there, what else could it be? I well, your real name isn't the tithe. It's it's Ryan. You're right. And it's I'm Jill Maddie. Valentine. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's Jill Ryan Pagella Valentine. It's your yeah. full name. Wow. Man, and that's a long name. We're here to tell everybody about the tithe, which is part of an episode of X-Men, the animated series that makes no sense because this is a podcast where we review every adaptation of the X-Men ever. Yep. And my real name is Ryan. <laughs> I'm just a little delayed here. Yeah, your real name is Ryan Tithe. Back when we Okay, so this episode is called Externally Yours. Yep. And we're like halfway through season two still. And it's about the externals. The externals are like a real thing from the comics. But this episode is like not, it's like semi-based on a comic that you were reading some stuff about right before we started recording. Well, yes, but I also think that that comic was based on the TV show because this looks like it came from Gambit's run that was in the late 90s. Oh, so they were like trying to retroactively explain maybe really strange episode of TV. I don't actually know. You know what? I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, I apologize to the hardcore X-Men fans that are like, you are incorrect, but I just can't follow this fucking tithe shit and i tried really hard to do some research on this and so did Batty. i did too i looked into it and i couldn't figure it out so people are free to write in at the mutantages at gmail.com if you do know about a tithe storyline for gambit but if you don't then like me you're gonna be like why are they saying the word tithe so much and also when you watch the episode you're not gonna understand what the fuck they're saying for the first half of it and eventually you're gonna be like oh they're saying tithe also this episode is not like cohesive at all no like, there, there's just <laughs> like no, i actually think people should watch it because i laughed really hard at like I all agree. of it okay so, so. Uh, before we jump into this i'm gonna say that our mutual friend katie who i record warcraft valley with is obsessed with gambit like it's mm-hmm. not only her favorite like x-men character it's just like her favorite character in the world yeah and so, and her, like, you know, pretend slash real boyfriend, much in the way that Wolverine is for you and I. Yeah, pretty much. And I was talking to her a bit before this, and she couldn't explain to me half this stuff. 
And no. also, this is a episode that I watched several times with her, and apparently so did you. <laughs> I remember watching it with you guys, but I don't actually remember understanding the episode, and that's probably because it doesn't make any sense right. at all. And so I had also seen it a bunch of times, so... Like the Repo Man episode we just watched, I was like, yes. oh, this is something that is close to my heart because I saw it a bunch. But then but this was... episode is garbage. It it's is. Just... <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things I came back and we're watching it from a critical lens and it's not great. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's really funny, at least. At least I mean, it's not like offensive. I think like, it's just funny. I don't you're know. Right. I also find that Gambit is kind of amazing in this episode because oh, he he's is. put in. You he, know, he's almost... I, will, I will give it that much credit. Gambit and Wolverine have some very intentionally funny one liners in this episode that I laughed at and I was supposed to laugh at. So that's to the episode's credit. Right. And I also feel like Gambit is almost self-aware like deadpool is where he's kind of like i am in a cartoon episode right now <laughs> i mean and that's none of your this plot makes personal headcanon where like gambit is also simultaneously commenting on the fact that the episode yeah. makes no sense which is a far funnier reading right, of I the agree. episode but i don't think that's really happening but I've... if you read it that way then it's way funnier yeah anyway it's, it's because i've been watching a lot of tiny tunes and they're self-aware they're in a cartoon so why can't gambit be i don't know i mean maybe he is so anyway previously on the x-men i mean not that any of it matters but previously on the x-men <laughs> unlike season one nothing is connected in season no, two it's not the only Each thing that's connected is like a are random blips of the savage land like why didn't we just yes, do that story you're right that's the only ongoing thing but we don't get to that until the very end of this episode but don't worry we'll have a random scene dropped in with magneto and xavier again you, you so would for think... all of you who want to know about that i guess uh, oh i don't know if i want to know this time but i I mean we don't but we can summarize it in case this is your first episode of the mutant ages ever which why wouldn't it be welcome welcome uh, to the mutant ages i hope this is not where you're starting i mean it could be anyway so magneto and xavier are stranded in the savage land which is a mystical island that removes both of their mutant powers and that this is part of previously on the x-men that's why i'm saying this and they have been facing off against random villains there and magneto has hinted that he created some of the people who live on the savage land oh and also mr sinister was like connected to the reason why they ended up there except mr. we don't Sinister's know the how big bad yet. of this season he was introduced in the first couple episodes yeah, along with the friends of humanity and then we still... never saw either of them ever again I know, but I'm predicting still that the big reveal at the end of this whole Savage Land arc is going to have to do with him because otherwise, where the fuck is that going? Like, it has to be leading back to him because, like, why? It's almost a little disappointing because season one's overarching plot was really good. And this season is not, but I know the Dark Phoenix is the next season. So it's kind of like, okay, so season two is just kind of a wash, I guess. I don't I know. I think season two is when they're taking opportunities to try to give us backstory about everybody that we've already gotten to know. You know so what, for example, true. last week they gave us a bunch of backstory on Wolverine that we didn't have before. We learned about Weapon X, kind of. Uh, we watched Wolverine get adamantium infused into him via like crazy straws or whatever they did <laughs> and then we met like multiple scientists and then wolverine had to battle all of his ex-boyfriends in alpha flight in canada and then yep. escape again and then also uh, before that we saw storm go back to her home right country. yeah that's a good point we got a storm centric episode and you know what? with the I shadow think, king i think rogue is next i think we do rogue's tale 
after yeah, this. Yeah, which I also remember watching with you and Katie, although you claim not to remember that episode. I but do I think remember I that episode because that's the one where she screams like consistently for the yes. entire episode. This is unfortunately also, I think, around the point where the female characters on this show just start getting dumber and dumber because this episode, Jean has the famous line that we made fun of for like for years. years afterward oh my where God. she says, I sense people nearby, and which like, is a line job, that Jean. we still say. Anyway, oh. so I think we're starting to see the downfall of like the characters that we love so much in season one. And I'm not looking forward to that, but oh, well, at least Rogue is still kind of cool. I, I don't enjoyed, know. I enjoyed Rogue in this because mostly she just stands around being like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is happening? <laughs> like yeah. she asks what's happening like at least three times this episode. And I'm like, I'm with you, Rogue. I don't know. I really enjoyed her also being like, what the fuck is happening earlier this season with Morph, where he comes back and is like turning into Xavier and like doing a tap dance and Rogue is just sitting there like, what's going on? And she got to play that role in the Shadow King episode with Storm as well. So like Rogue has had some fun moments of like watching everybody else's backstory and being like, what the fuck is going on right now? And it's been cool. I mean, I guess so, especially since it's Rogue whose backstory herself is kind of crazy and she's just like, never mind, y'all are crazy. You don't I. necessarily know that yet. Not until we get to Rogue's Tale. Oh anyway, All right, is that enough previously started. on? No, okay. I think we should review season zero. <laughs> I think we should go back to season one. <laughs> you know, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, right. we so can't. This, this episode opens with what looks like a spaceship has crashed onto a volcanic planet. So immediately mm-hmm. we're like, what is happening? And, and then two seconds later, we're like, this has to be the danger room. But let's pretend we didn't know that. <laughs> well, we figured out it's a danger room when, like, literally Magneto, Mr. Sinister, Omega Red, and a bunch, and Sabretooth, I think, all just walk out. And I'm like, oh, it's the danger room. Yeah, but first there's a huge fucking tentacle monster that Cyclops is fighting, and it's already kidnapped Jean and Rogue, and it's like just a classic, you know, tentacle tentacle monster. monster That looks like a reverse Sarlacc pit. You know, I feel like when we started this show, you told me that there were going to be a lot of tentacles on it, and you like kept making jokes about tentacle porn, and I was like, Ryan's really overstating the tentacles on X-Men the Animated Series. Folks, I was wrong. There's tentacles in like every other episode, and it's constant and like it's pretty constant and this time Jean is like moaning wildly yeah, she as like it's happening she's very like, sexually <laughs> that's that's not an exaggeration i was no. i took note of that okay, i wrote that you that too. Jean orgasming in pain okay okay and then cyclops decides to turn around and he's like come on gambit can't you make this any tougher and then gambit has kind of a flirtatious line he's like what's the matter you don't want gambit to be gentle and then yeah wrote, gambit's Gay. up in the danger room control booth and we suddenly realize like oh this is all just a weird sex thing they're doing i mean <laughs> it's another I, it's I another sex like play with the episode X-Men. is because it focuses in on like how cyclops and gene and wolverine and gambit and rogue are all fucking yeah. each other yes it does but anyway so then Gambit is like suddenly interrupted by a phone call, which I think is on the main line for yeah. Xavier's mansion. I mean, I assumed it was a cell phone, but you have a solid point that this was like 1990. I thought it was a cell phone too, but he answers the phone and says something like Xavier's Institute or whatever. Yeah. And so he must be just answering like a cordless phone that's there. And somehow somebody from his past got the number because he's like surprised to hear a Cajun accent on the other end and doesn't know who it is and starts freaking out and accidentally hits the lever that turns up the difficulty on the danger room and like 
everybody's just I think it says maximum level or something. It's like also somehow in the intervening moments, Rogue and Jean have left the danger room. So Cyclops is like all alone in there, like dealing with Gambit's personal tortured porn thing. And like suddenly Mr. Sinister is there and like every other character. And Juggernaut and I I wrote a crocodile monster who I think is a real character. I just don't remember who he is. Yeah, but it's like every previous villain that we've seen plus a crocodile. And then (laughs) (laughs) so cyclops is like screaming and getting his clothes torn off it's leatherhead meanwhile rogue is like walking down the hallway getting a coffee Uh, oh my god i tried to write down some of the stuff that happens in this conversation that gambit has with this random guy but mostly it's just that gambit's brother bobby is in trouble and the rest of it i just wrote i can't understand this guy's (laughs) shitty accent he's saying something that the, the tide is coming yeah, and but what he's saying is the tithe. I wrote down the tie because I was like, is he talking yeah, about like a he's tie? He's talking about somebody's bow tie is coming. <laughs> no, I was thinking like a competition ended in a tie. I didn't understand what was happening. I don't and know, I wouldn't wow. understand for the entire rest of the episode. But eventually, point. eventually I was like, oh, they're saying tithe. Like oh T-I-T-H-E, God. which is not a word that people say very often. No, ever. it's not. Least of all in a children's cartoon, especially a children's cartoon that will at no point define that word or explain what it means in the, the context of like the assassins and thieves battle that happened. Like none of this is you explained know, at all. There's a lot of choice vocabulary in this episode that I'm not sure should be in a cart- children's cartoon. Well, but I'm just we'll going to start there. by calling out the tithe because it was fucking weird. Anyway, so Rose is off getting a coffee which i i started laughing at because i didn't realize that rogue was also part of the simulation i thought that was actually rogue before so i was like wait did oh, rogue just leave to take a coffee I break thought in the middle she of this? left i thought I, she left too i didn't i'm not realizing until right this second that she that wasn't really her well because like at the end only cyclops is in the room no, and i was you're like right. wait I thought that Rogue and Jean just like left and were like... That's what I thought too, but I think you see a shot of them again in there and I was like, wait, I'm really confused. So so." why is Cyclops' personal fantasy involve Jean like getting strangled by a tentacle monster sexually? Like, and Rogue is there. And also Gambit's (laughs) controlling it all. Yeah, like what does that say about Scott? I mean, I think it says everything. (laughs) Anyway, so she comes out and she sees... That the danger room session is like going crazy. Yeah, she looks. And, at, she looks a little thing, and she just sees that Cyclops is getting game banged by like a million villains. And so she's like her in there coffee. screaming his head off, and <laughs> yeah, she drops her coffee and shatters the the mug on the ground and runs in there and is like, "Gambit, what the fuck are you doing?" And she turns it off, and he just stands up and is like, "I've got to go, share." They're going to waste my brother. Yeah, and another like, ch- another choice vocabulary. They're just straight up saying they're going to kill him, so... Yeah, well, I mean, they can't literally say that, so they have to come up with a fun slang. Right, and um, so then Gene runs into Cyclops in the danger room, and he's in, like, this PTSD... Weird, this was like also weirdly sexualized because like a lot of Cyclops clothes have been torn off I wasn't kidding about that and Jean is like holding him and Cyclops is just muttering to himself Gambit stop I was like whoa this is this is like a little too much it's like fan it's, fiction level. it is a fan fiction a non-con fanfic Which, that somebody wrote yeah I, anyway, I don't know if I'm here for this right now. Anyway. I just wrote lol okay, which is a sentence that I wrote a lot of times in my notes. Uh, I also wrote a notes here where Rogue says, 
is he all right? And Jean's like, how the fuck should I know what happened? And Rogue's like, something spooked Gambit, something about his brother. And then Gambit just flies away in his ship. But I was like, okay. Um, And then we get like a little flashback. Yeah, to... I didn't realize that a flashback was happening at first because it was just kind of like transitioned into it. I and... did because I thought the person we were looking at was Gambit, but he doesn't have Gambit's eyes. He's just a different younger man in a trench coat and knee pads, which, by the way, every character who wears lives in the bayou theirs. wears a trench coat and knee pads yeah, and like a turtleneck. It's like the late 80s. And also like, I was laughing it's, because it's actually all these... like a completely bizarre outfit for Gambit to be wearing. But like everyone wears it. So it becomes <sighs> I normal. I don't think that's normal. I think like in the comics, <laughs> only he wears that. But also... I was laughing really hard because all these characters were just running through the woods and falling down. And I was yeah. like, what's happening? I like tried to write this down, but there's like 16 characters who are suddenly introduced <laughs> and I don't understand who any of them are. And I thought one They're was Remy, but it's characters. not. I don't even think it's his brother because we see his brother later and his brother's a redhead. I guess his brother is like there during this scene, but he's just like standing around. I'm going to so guess that maybe somebody... this is Ju- not Julian. I think it might be Etienne because I know that Etienne also dies in the comic books. So. Yeah, and so this guy's about to die, but for now he's carrying a little gold chest, and he keeps like tripping and dropping it and shit, and like oh, then getting it again. God. And there's like it's a like... billion people chasing him who are like almost gonna get it, and it's not clear what the fuck this is. And so then they get to this clearing where there's this tree stump, and everybody's like, "We're waiting for the great external to arrive." This is like one of those like tree stumps in Zelda where you like go, you hop up onto it because it will summon something type of tree stump. Yes, it's supposed to be like. Magical. Except that it just looks like a normal tree stump. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. Like, so, why are so, we in Zelda now? So this woman shows up. Yeah, Betty Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I tried to figure out who she is, but the character that she's supposed to be based on, she looks nothing like that character, and she's never named in the episode. So people are like, we think maybe it's this character, but which, like wait, which character? I don't think it is. I think her name is like Kandra or I something. Th- yeah, I was going to say, I think it's Kandra. But I don't think it is, though, because she's never named. I think they just invented a character for this episode. And so people are like, Kandra is this other powerful female external who maybe this is. But this I asked, character is like... I did ask like, Katie about it. She like didn't give me an answer. So I'm going to guess no. I mean, I looked it up and in the Marvel wiki that I read, it said that this character was not named in the episode and that she is probably Kandra. And that's what people assume. But personally, I think they just made somebody up. I, I don't so know that for sure, but that's my theory. All right. So she demands so she looks for like, the, the ties. and She looks like a Zelda character. She looks she like does. one of the great oh, fairies. Oh, yeah. I made a note there where she looks like the great fairy that spins yes. out of the water. And I was like, she okay. She definitely has like really bizarre makeup on and like huge gold braids. Like Betty Spaghetti. I, I mean, she has sort of like golden brown skin, but she doesn't necessarily read as a black woman. She reads as like, because like she Greek looks like goddess type golden. Of deal. You know, like she doesn't look, she looks otherworldly. Right. So anyway, she shows up and she says, the time for the tithing has come. Guild of Assassins, send your chosen one forward. So I guess we should define tithing or what I thought it meant is just a percentage of your income that you give to the church that you worship, because that's usually what it means. 
So in this case, does it mean that they're giving the gold chest to her and that gold chest is a portion of what they stole from like... I, I mean, I don't know because my Or are they sacrificing it, somebody? No, I, I don't know because they say like tithe, sacrifice. I don't even remember. And you're right. Tithing is not... Even if it's not tied to a church it's like yeah it's like giving a portion of something you own to somebody or like a percentage of something yeah and and sometimes tithing could mean like a sacrifice if it's like i'm going to give you a portion of my people or whatever but that's like a dark interpretation of the word but that was what i was thinking was because i was like so okay these two groups are sending their chosen one forward is that chosen one going to be sacrificed to this sort of goddess lady? Yeah. But no, they just give her this weird little gold chest, except then she gets... Okay, so this part is crazy. The okay, guy... because this doesn't make any sense. I know, I know. Guys, who everyone listening, I'm so sorry because I, like this episode just isn't going to make any sense because the episode is based on does it, but we'll just explain what happens. So the guy steps forward... With a little chest. It's like a and, tiny gold chest. It looks like and, a butter dish. Yeah, it's it's really small. It's like the size of a human hand. And, <laughs> and it doesn't look like it would be worth very much. And like, as he's stepping forward, he like trips accidentally and is like, whoa, and like doesn't drop the chest, but almost does. Yeah, but, but then, then she steps forward. And then as she's speaking saying that he dropped the chest he drops the chest oh it's like as God. though it's animated shittily like did you notice that it's like i didn't notice that i was as... more noticing the fact that miss betty spaghetti here just screams <laughs> the fit the tithe is fake and i was like okay but it's not explained no she's like she's just like it's not real it's not the right one it's a fake and then she, she just says, turns around but she and- also says you have broken the covenant and then that confused the shit out of me because i was like is the chest a covenant and then it's i was like Buffy super the vampire slayer covenant that's what's happening <laughs> but i think she means the covenant like the contract except these are all like huge words i don't know and, and i mean i know not, what a covenant is but do you know what i'm saying where i'm like i can't tell if this is like these sentences. a science fiction word that is supposed to mean something else in the context of this episode or, or if, if it's mean, like, like something a that they pulled covenant. from a comic book and yes. but didn't explain what any of that was which yeah. is kind so of what anyway, i'm getting this at. little fake i guess fake gold chest is on the ground and betty spaghetti starts electrocuting this guy and kills him I didn't even think it was electrocuting. I thought she just like straight up vaporized him. I mean, whatever power she has, she has like purple lightning that she shoots into him. Yeah. And then I I don't know what the gold box, like, I guess it's broken or it's not used. It's fake. I didn't understand that part. It's just sitting there. And then she starts like repeating chosen one over and oh, over for some reason. Oh my God. I laughed so hard because it's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of is, have you ever seen um, Kun Pao? Yeah, yes. Kung Pao. And there's that yes. part in there where the guy like, keeps on saying oh chosen God. one to the guy like repeatedly. That's what yes. it reminded me of. But in that right. is totally supposed about to that be movie. a comedy where he just says chosen one. Except in this one, one, it's like literally this woman seriously saying that and then it flashes over to Gambit and those words are echoing in his head as he's like driving the ship or whatever. And we're supposed to be like, this is a serious moment where Gambit is thinking about his past. Yeah, we're like, bitch, we can't take any of this seriously because we just watched (laughs) Betty Spaghetti fly out of the mud like a Zelda fairy and then like all these words that nobody understood. And then like screamed that a box was fake and like murder a man in cold blood. And they were like, like, (laughs) this is 
sick. I'm like, what even is this entire situation? <laughs> this, is, this is Gambit's past coming back to haunt him. That's what's happening. I mean, happening. I don't blame him for it's not wanting to go back. It's just as dark as Weapon X. It is. It's actually darker because it's like more scary and well, nonsensical. Least, okay, that's true. And also people like, actually Gambit die. just comes from like a hell world where this goddess is like murdering people <laughs> like, because of their butter of Louisiana dish? is this magical? <laughs> It, it, you just every time you turn around in the swamps down there it's like there's just another tree stump with a lady there being like bring me the golden you butter just gotta dish pull out your ocarina and maybe she'll give you a piece of a heart for all all this bullshit you bring her a butter dish you trade it for like i don't know i don't care anymore all right so so, <laughs> so then anyway, flashes to cyclops who's like naked, naked in bed i'm glad we both take note of every time a character is naked on this show yep and so i wrote down the conversation here in my context which says cyclops says i'm fine a rogue's like uh-uh no you're not idiot and then gene's like something is wrong with gambit i sensed his feelings i sensed a deep sense of dread i sense things and rogue's like i don't know gambit cared so much for his family didn't even know he had one and then wolverine like bounces out of the shadows he's like all right we're going cajun hunting it looks like he wanted to get his licks in and i was like why is he why is wolverine saying that now i know and okay then- i wrote that down too because he's so wolverine looks at cyclops who's like covered in bandages and naked and wolverine goes looks like he got his licks in before he left and i, I like, like couldn't not interpret that sexually <laughs> I like i kept having that. to think about it and then i was like oh right licks also means like, like you know give ass. somebody a licking but yeah. i like forgot that that was even a it's, thing no, people ever basically said. he like he gave cyclops a blowjob and it was really fucked him up i don't know yeah so, so then rogue says this is the line that i like the most in the entire episode was rogue saying can it wild boy unless you want a little of the same and i was like okay <laughs> yeah it's pretty like, good in fact any single time in the show when wolverine starts giving anyone a hard time rogue's just like shut up it's pretty great <laughs> like, it's a, it's another like up. classic example of just the x-men talking to each other and it's good like those are always our favorite scenes on the oh. show okay so and then it cuts to gambit who's landing his little lego jet in the woods just so he can run over two feet to get onto a like a little steamboat which actually turns out to be the right idea because like later wolverine can't track him because once he gets into a boat there's like water but i just i don't know so anyway they're in the middle of nowhere wolverine still smell people's aroma if it's been around for a while regardless if it's touched anything well you know how like if you are trying to get dogs off your scent you like walk through a creek because the water dissipates the scent oh guess true so i guess wolverine is a dog Like those also, are apparently how his powers work. This guy's name is Pierre, just so you know. Is it really? All right. Yeah. So everybody from this point forward has the most like ridiculous over the top like Cajun names. accents and they are bad. Yeah. Like, that too. They're not good. <laughs> like every time somebody says the they say D. Like, the assassins have him. Oh, my God. That's the line I wrote down. So there was a long period of time, and we haven't even gotten to this on the Warcraft Valley podcast, which is where we read our old fan fictions that are, like, with the X-Men. And I know that Katie and I both try and write Gambit's accents, and it's, like, completely unreadable. And that's kind of how this episode is. Yeah, and there's plenty of old X-Men comics that are unreadable because of that problem as well, to be fair. It was just, like, a trendy thing for a while. I mean, I guess so. So there's there's this whole conversation here in which Gambit wants to know what happened to his brother, Bobby. His name is Bobby. And Pierre is like, the assassins took Bobby and the tithe 
he's like it's also the day of the tithe and Gambit yes, throws a fit which apparently matters like, I, I know it's the day of the tithe we should all know what that fucking means and we never know but Gambit calls out how stupid it is and sort of gives us some exposition and is like yeah I'm supposed to be part of the thieves and the thieves and the assassins are like these two warring gangs that are always supposed to offer up this tithe also, it's a game that's been going on for 300 years which is fucking ridiculous like it what? is from 1990 like you're trying to convince me to tell me that this these gains have been paying this like Betty Spaghetti Lady since like the, the 16, 1700s they, okay I have so many questions about and this ceremony it happens ceremony. every 10 years like where like, do they get these bring butter dishes her the same butter dish each time and if so how does she know it's fake and what does she do with the butter dish when she gets it (laughs) like what happens when the ceremony goes well because we never see the ceremony go well the two times we see the ceremony they have bread but they don't have butter yeah so are they bringing her butter and why do they only have to do that every 10 years again none of this is explained at all maybe maybe it's like one of those situations where like in her universe it's only been like 10 minutes versus 10 years or like well anyway they have to give her the tithe because what pierre tells gambit is that the assassins want an exchange bobby and the tithe for you so bobby will get to go free with the tithe whatever the fuck that is and gambit will be kidnapped by the assassins yep and so then it cuts back and i laughed so hard at this because again it's like how poorly written is gene on this show and she literally goes i sense gambit was nearby and she's standing in front of his plane and i was like oh good job gene (laughs) good good i'm glad you used your powers to sense the plane that's in front of your face and then Wolverine <laughs> also goes over and sniffs hit the plane and then the ground. He's like, they took a boat. And I was like, okay, you two are ridiculous. Like, yeah. And so Wolverine is like, now I can't use my powers anymore. So then Jean finally has to actually use her psychic powers to oh find Gambit. Oh my God. Gambit, I know. You know what's great? Which, is believe that it or not, does work. This is once. like the first time it ever, ever works. Possibly the only time. You know what's funny is that both Jean and Wolverine are standing around looking for clues and Rogue's already been standing at the swamp since like they got there and she's just like patiently waiting for them to stop being idiots. It's crazy. So anyway, then Gambit gets to this weird building. Oh yeah. Which this is a really funny frame where Gambit is like slowly walking into the door and like one of the guards is just pointing at the door for like what feels like 30 seconds. It's yeah. like so long. Yeah, anyway. and then very chill and awesome and cool he's just like Remy the bow here to see my brother yeah and then he goes inside and it's like this weird mansion and there's like a hidden staircase okay, and he goes also, down the staircase according to this show again it's like one of those weird things the show does where they try and make a statement about like louisiana life and so we go to both his old house and this one and neither of them have power they're just like crazy yeah. old people living in the middle of a swamp i wasn't sure what we were supposed to make of that especially later when wolverine is like figures remy would live in a dump like this but it's like a huge mansion but also it's, it's completely dilapidated i don't even so know I was what like, to think of that because like okay so was remy like homeless for a while like what are we saying and also is it trying to describe people that don't have a large income but they clearly do because they live in these huge well, mansions but do they? in because they're like 
looks they're like maybe just squatting there and they're like gangs i guess i don't know this is but like... i don't think any of this is realistic i mean it's all completely fantastical unless it's real people who live in louisiana can tell us if gangs in the woods fight over butter dishes for just <laughs> goddesses and if that's what life is like down there i mean i don't i don't know i've never been to louisiana before as far as i know this is just a one-to-one representation of uh, oh know, yeah perfect it's like a perfect representation i think so yeah it's so just anyway, like that movie skeleton key uh <laughs> so okay i wrote down all this for you so basically they go into the basement and bobby is locked up there and and bobby's, bobby's wearing like, an identical outfit to gambit yep don't and worry he's, don't worry they Trench all look exactly the same and he's like bobby's like you showed up or sorry we have to do in the accents you should and then gambit's like yeah so what and bobby's like i thought you would leave me here to die and gambit's like i should have i don't care about any of this shit you made me into a thief my own brother why and before he can even get a chance to answer belladonna who is the person that got uh, nominated to be the next tithe holder shows up mm-hmm. in her wedding dress and she's like hi gambit you didn't and see she... this dress the day we were supposed to get married so i'm wearing it now and Gamut has this really awkwardly positioned line where he's like, we tried to get married to end the feud, but it wouldn't work because we were too young. And I was like, who what? talks like this? I know. Yeah. Also, like, what was the deal there? By the way, we have also seen Belladonna before previously at that super confusing other scene with the butter dish before. So, like, we already kind of knew. Five hundred new characters introduced. <laughs> yeah, we kind of knew that this this character was involved, and so now she's wearing like this weird stereotypical oh massive Southern Belle outfit, and like, that's how she huge. dresses. Like, apparently, nobody. They all. Or wear these she ridiculous also, like, costumes. Her hairstyle are... is absurd. Like no, she has like the like, beautiful blonde they ringlets. Are still it's dressing like, no like one... it's like the Victorian era, but like also wearing like nineties cyberpunk. Pads. Shit. I don't know. This is what is this it what basi- the woods are this like? This is in what Louisiana, Louisiana is like, right? Like people okay. just wear full ball gowns and trench coats at and all knee times. pads. Okay, at all so times. So Belladonna's like. I still wear our wedding ring. If you wear yours, I'll let Bobby go with the tithe. And Gab was like, all right. So, like, he agrees and he puts on the ring and Bobby's just like, sorry, and like leaves with like the little butter dish. And then Gambit says, sorry, brother. Goodbye. And then he leaves and I wrote that down because I was like, really? Like, that's all you're going to say? Yeah. And then Gambit's ring lights up like the fucking Green Lantern ring. Yeah. And like, but like in a painful way, screaming and like holding his hand up in the air, doing like the single ladies dance, but like in pain. Yeah. And Belladonna's eyes are like full of electricity because she's like using her powers to make the ring electrocute gambit now that he's wearing it it but also I was takes like, away his powers apparently on? like what the fuck yeah like i guess i mean to be fair maddie would you expect to put on a ring expect it to immediately reduce your powers and give you the most torturous pain you've ever experienced i mean i guess i wouldn't but i feel like this whole situation is really weird which and we can like, we can get into this in the politics section but i have some questions here about like the commentary they're says. making with women forcing men into marriage yeah there's a lot of that later with like the tuxedo scene but we it's can get like to that a little out of control <laughs> But so then we go so to this Logan other big, giant, Rogue. empty, vacant house. We go to a different one now. Yeah, Logan and Rogan Jean. I thought this was the same one, but you're right. It's not. It's a different dilapidated mansion. <laughs> There's a... Um, what the fuck and so is they get the New inside, Orleans, guys? And this is when Logan says his comment where he's like, figures Gambit would live here. And I was like, what are you, what are you saying No, right he doesn't now? even say that. He says, no wonder Gambit's so messed up. And I was like, 
what the fuck, Wolverine? <laughs> but then Rogue immediately like, again turns around. She's like, I've seen some of the rat traps you've holed up in. Yeah. And I was like, thank you, Rogue, for just not putting up with any of Logan's shit today. I mean, it's a good point because Logan is like a huge hypocrite if he's going to be well, shitting on was, Gambit for living on the run, being a loner, not being a joiner, not feeling like he identifies with the X-Men, et cetera, well, He's et cetera. done that before. Remember that time that he was like, nobody's going to defect from the X-Men. There's no deserters here. Nobody would ever do that. And Rogue was <laughs> like, like really <laughs> mad at him that time also. Rogue was like, Wolverine, you defect like daily. <laughs> anyway. Like he said this after he just got back from defecting. <laughs> Anyway, this is when Jean has her famous to us line. I sense people nearby and then they immediately fall through a trapdoor on the floor. Where there's a bunch of people. And yes. I was like, thanks, Jean. It's like, wow, Jean, could you have maybe sensed the fucking trap that you just walked into? <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious, too, because they walk into the room and it's like... There's nothing. It's a completely empty... Empty room, except for this one section of the room that's clearly a door and they all stand on it. And I was like... What, can you not see? Can Wolverine not smell that? Can Jean not, like... Oh, I mean, luckily, they yeah. can all just float down fine, except for Wolverine, who lands perfectly like a cat. Yeah. But then... The, and then there's a guy pointing a gun at them, and... and they turn on these huge lights that blind them. Yes. Which, again, like, who fucking cares? These are the X-Men. Which, luckily, they can get out of it. I was, like, annoyed that they were going to be incapacitated by this, but luckily they're not. Jean uses her powers great. to get the gun to shoot upward and get rid Finally. of the lights. Yes! It's the first time we've seen her use her fucking powers on this show. I know. And then Rogue throws some shit at the guys, and she has this funny line where she's like, I love it when a gentleman opens the door for me, which it took me a second to get, but she meant, like, the trap door that they opened to make oh, them fall down. I was wondering why and then she I was said like, that that's actually really funny that's pretty clever because i thought she was just being like rogue in this second i was like rogue this isn't the time but you yeah know, clearly... but it's a joke about the trapdoor which would have been funnier if they'd had her say that as soon as she got there no so, they went on, like, i don't a know full minute plus and then suddenly she's making a joke about the door they came through i know but um bobby runs in and is like wait stop i got the tithe and gambit exchanged himself for me and everything's fine and rogue's like wait what the fuck? And then Wolverine flips I out. Know, I know. He like comes running over and like pins this guy to the wall and pops his claws around his head. He's like, Remy ain't no me to trade. He's my boyfriend. Careful. Because sometimes <laughs> the claws will slip. Says, Take us to Gambit. And I was like, whoa, Logan. He literally Tom. says, Remy ain't a piece of meat to trade for anybody. And I was like, whoa, that wording. Whoa. <laughs> I know I'm like it's just like Rogue and him standing there I, I don't know the two of them are this it kind, it's both gay and straight at the same time between the two of them I mean um, Wolverine's pretty gay I'm just gonna float that I know, out there. I know Wolverine's anyway. pretty gay in this and so Bobby's like Bobby says something here where it's like she brought him to the time he mentions Belladonna well no he says she just says she and then Rogue's like excuse me and Bobby just goes, his woman, a rogue looks mortified. Yeah, rogue, like, he does say it's Belladonna. He's like, Belladonna, the leader of the assassins, and his woman. And rogue is like, wait a second, this guy that I've been, like, on again, off again with is dating somebody or, like, married to somebody? I think he even says that they're, like, betrothed or something. Oh, I wrote a note here. It says, everyone stands there in shock as if Gambit hasn't fucked literally every X-Men. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's why they're shocked because they're like, "Wait a second, did Gambit have a girl back home?" Should Wait, we have been this is also about when they this? all suddenly realize that they've also all fucked Gambit and never told each other. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all gonna have to deal with that in the fight scene later, and like, you know, oh get my those. God get those feelings out so then like cut over to gambit being forced to wear a tuxedo by belladonna like by force and you know she must have like used the ring to force him to put that on because he's like mad okay but what's insane here is that like he takes off the tux in one go and he's wearing his entire costume underneath it and i was like i was like why did she have him put on the tuxedo in the first place it's like a weird sex thing i I don't know Anyway, Ugh. I wrote women are evil and obsessed with marriage lol, which is like the only possible interpretation of this entire storyline. And it also kind of reminded me of that whole Callisto Cyclops thing, where it was like, yet again, we have a female or a female character kidnapping a male character. Yeah, but that was way funnier than this. It is shit. way funnier. I just think it's kind of interesting and maybe like an intentional move on the show's part to try to be like, let's try to like not be sexist and have male characters get kidnapped in like a weirdly sexual way. And I oh, like kind of God. appreciate that the show is trying to do that because like I mean, that never happens. That's like true. I've never seen this happen. So I like mean, that's weird. You know? It is it is weird, but at the same time, it has some very questionable uh, commentary. I think. No, so. I know. I agree. So basically, she then laughs. Oh, so and then says, she like opens this like weird drawer where she has a bunch of those little gold boxes. She has in like it. a million butter dishes. Yeah, and she like laughs maniacally and like takes one out and is like, "This is all part of my plan." And I was like, "What the." F- fuck is happening right now it's just like i gave him a fake one and this is the real one i'm like they all look exactly the same i know it's like all identical boxes and she's like don't worry i've got a million fakes nobody knows what's in these it's like what's the difference why not just give her the real one you have 25 of them like who even cares oh oh my god so and then it goes back to like the magical stump in the swamp and which yeah now gamba suddenly isn't wearing a tuxedo anymore he's just wearing normal clothes right but also he's not there it's just all the thieves are freaking out because they're like oh, oh right. my they're god like, the, the assassins the aren't here and then wolverine's just like what the fuck why do you all care isn't she going to melt all the assassins if they don't show up and bobby's like i don't trust the assassins and then the assassins show up and mm-hmm. so gambit's with them and belladonna's like we came prepared and let me introduce you to our newest member, Remy LeBeau. And Rogue's like, ah, no, I can't believe it. <laughs> and Gambit just pushes Belladonna away. She's like, she gave you a fake box. And Rogue's like, I knew he wouldn't fall for this swamp witch. And I was like, wow, that was like a full turnaround in like two seconds. Like, yeah, like Rogue completely bought it 100%. And then Gambit is like, wait, she's lying. And Rogue is like, I knew it all along. I never thought for a second that anybody would want to be with me. And it's like, oh my God, everybody here is so insecure. And so then Rogue punches Belladonna so hard, she goes flying across the fucking Yeah, it's a cat fight. And then Belladonna gets up and literally screams, no, no, no. This is when Belladonna gets up and screams, seducer, at the top of her lungs. I was like, this is a children's show. What is happening? I don't think I would have known what that word even meant as a kid, though. Like, along with every other word in the rest of this episode. (laughs) Imagine if your kid watched this and they started pretending to be Belladonna and they're running around screaming seducer. And it's like this eight year old, your parents like, what the fuck? Where did they learn that? It's also like 
I mean, it's not great commentary to have your like two female characters fighting over a man. Like, I mean, it's Jean not is great. there, but she's not really helpful. So no, she isn't. <laughs> anyway, what's Storm doing? Just not this. I <laughs> just being like, a, I'm. I'm gonna fucking like, have a cup of tea at home. Seriously, like, I was I'm like, not... where are Storm and Jubilee? Because I'm pretty sure neither of them would let any of this shit have happened. Because they, I know. They seem I feel to be like the... they can only animate like so many characters. So usually we get like three or four X Men per episode. That's but then you're true. always wondering like what the fuck the other two are doing that I also time. feel like of all the X-Men like somehow Storm and Jubilee are like the most stable of all of them they and are. they're just like what's wrong with this all of you this is a rare moment when Rogue is kind of unstable but it's because she's like realizing her crush on Remy and well everything. she's having anyway. like emotions I yeah, don't know I mean and I so, get it so uh, then I, <laughs> apparently my note here just says belladonna rogue fight gambit screams yes well because gambit's being tortured by the ring and so wolverine runs over and he tries to cut off the ring and he says you ain't the marion kind which i was like okay so usually that's code for somebody being gay if you say that about somebody yeah i know and also like then wolverine's like fiddling with the ring on gambit's finger and i took a screen cap of it because like out of context it just looks like he's proposing that's all it looks like yeah but then he's immediately electrocuted as well well and then there's all these like metal yeah, guys who are together. like knights yeah i don't remember i don't know what's happening at this point they're basically um, this well, is what, like, mass takes away chaos all is of happening. Their weapons yeah it's just crazy Jean takes away everybody's weapons with her telekinesis and like gives a little monologue about peace that everybody ignores rogue uh, like, flies in the air over everybody's head and comes back to belladonna there's and also like Remy. 10 shots in here a rogue falls down and the shot is like directly up her vagina like eight times <laughs> Oh, no, I said 10, so 10 well, times. Uh, I also wrote it here. It says just mass chaos is happening. Yes. So then Rogue finally gets back to Remy and Belladonna and is like, you can throw me over there a million times. I'll always come back. And Belladonna says, Remy's kissed many women, Cher, but he loved only me. But do you know who gets mad at that? Not Rogue. Wolverine gets mad. Wolverine <laughs> comes running over and starts screaming. And I was like... Okay, Rogue's just standing there, like, being like, okay, am I supposed to be insulted? But then, like, yeah. Wolverine's like, get away from him! <laughs> okay, and meanwhile, Jean tries to interrupt here and is like, wait a second, shouldn't we all be worried about the fact that Belladonna said that box was fake? And Wolverine is like, I don't care. And then also what? Jean says, it's no use fighting them without the box. They're all doomed anyway. Wolverine goes, I don't care what spirit lady does what to which Cajuns. I'm just here to stop the wedding. Yes. So, and I thought that and was then, funny. And then external shows up. Yep, the great we, external. Yeah, she like twirls out and does like the fairy laugh from Zelda. She's like, oh, <laughs> I'm here for my butter dish. <laughs> then the and fucking like, dish is fake because of course it is because okay this made no sense so belladonna like gave the thieves a fake dish but they don't know it's fake until they give it to the lady and oh, then the lady is like I, they look exactly they're all look exactly the same I and know. so so then belladonna goes to like i'm not belladonna oh my god i can't even keep track betty spaghetti goes to fucking kill the, the thieves guys the thieves. yeah and then immediately jean's like wait i have powers well first everybody all the x-men try to walk forward and be like wait belladonna set all of this up and at first 
Betty Spaghetti is like, I don't believe you, and just like starts hitting the X Men with laser beams. She's like, Why and then are you finally, Gene is like, I think I'll try using my powers now that we've all been hit with lightning for like ten minutes. Oh and she God. like sends a psychic projection to Betty Spaghetti and is like, This is what really happened. And for some reason, that's the only thing that works. I know, and, and she it, buys it. She doesn't think that somebody's playing a trick on her. She's yeah, like, Yeah, she's not like, Wow, why am I suddenly getting like a psychic <laughs> message from nowhere? But somehow, Betty spaghetti is like okay you're right i fucked up here <laughs> i shouldn't have killed that guy <laughs> i and don't then, think he's really and dead so then bobby screams destroy her destroy all of them to which gambit literally just shoves bobby off the frame of the camera and uh, he goes shut up <laughs> gambit's just like this shit is fucking crazy take her yeah. powers but not her life just yeah. end this shit the end like this by is by which he means stupid. belladonna's powers like he's telling He's telling Betty Spaghetti to take Belladonna's powers, but not her life. At least that's what I thought he was saying. I just figured he was making a commentary on the episode himself, being like, this episode's stupid. Everyone shut the fuck up. This shit needs to end. So then after Belladonna is punished and Betty Spaghetti disappears into the ground again, I guess, (laughs) um, the thieves and assassins are like, so what's the deal? And Gambit is like, you guys are all bullshit. I'm not a thief or an assassin. I'm an X-Man. And I was like, really, Gambit? I know. Really? Do you really feel that way? Because, like, before today, you were, like, not into joining groups. And I get why now that I've seen where you came from. Remember the whole time that you tried betraying the X-Men on Slave Island? That (laughs) happened recently? Yeah, that was, like, a few weeks ago. And, like, now you're like... (laughs) Hey guys, I'm an X-Man. I just thought that was funny, but I also Ugh. like kind of felt like I understood why Gambit was so skeptical of the X-Men because I was like, oh, this is your deal. Like, I mean, look at these this crazy whole people. Both, like all four of them, Gene, Scott, Wolverine, and Rogue all have lines. It's like, I don't understand why Gambit doesn't trust us. Like repeatedly. <laughs> And okay, so- that's the next scene, by the way. We go to Cyclops, and he's lying in bed, and Gene and Rogue are recapping all the crazy shit they just saw. <laughs> and Cyclops <laughs> says, I still don't understand why he didn't tell us about the problem in the first place. Gene's like... It's none of our fucking business. And Cyclops and meanwhile, is like, Gambit is like sitting on the stoop by himself, like pouting. I and know. Rogue goes to find him, but we right, don't get to hear what they say. We just have one last line where Gene's like, trust takes time. With the professor gone, we need to take the time to make sure he gets it. So to the savage land we go. Yep. Remember the professor? Now that Gene mentioned him, we need to immediately check in on him. Okay. For so- the final scene of this episode, which is just as fucking confusing as the entire rest <laughs> of the episode we just saw. I Okay. So I wrote the first half of this down in which they walk up to this burning village. I watched it twice. So I understand I, a little better now. Magneto has a line here where he goes, when I left here, everyone was, uh, this isn't like verbatim. It's like my notes where he yeah, says, yeah, yeah. When I left here, everyone was living here peacefully, but everything is terrible now. People are terrible. And I wrote, fact, Magneto, fact. And then yeah, after that, I and wrote... and even Xavier kind of agrees and is like, yeah, people have darkness in their hearts, but together we have to blah, blah, blah. And Magneto's just like, Jesus, <laughs> shut up. And then this guy comes out of the woods. Yeah, he's got four arms, by the way. Yes, he looks kind of like He-Man, except with four arms and like, but he's wearing like a loincloth and stuff. It's like another He-Man character. And now he looks like a He-Man character. His name's Barbara. He walks up to Magneto and he goes, someone named Magneto taught us some shit. And I was like, wait, hold on. (laughs) You're talking, you know, that's him. I think it's like him being sarcastic, though, because he's like somebody, a little somebody named Magneto once told me you have to be powerful to survive. And like Magneto is like, 
barbarous and then yeah, barbarous is like, is like it's fucking barbarous number one i know and he's he says something like you created us long ago but now we follow a new master and then he starts trying to like beat the shit out of magneto and there's a bunch <laughs> of guys who are riding pterodactyls like, at all i know magneto I, just i'm glad that you caves. wrote this down because i wrote a lot I, all i wrote here is like god i don't care anymore i was really like confused at this point i so anyway there's a bunch of guys on pterodactyls flying around and then xavier seems like a spear nearby and he grabs it and throws it at a bee's nest that happens to be over barbarous and magneto's head while they're fighting the bees only attack barbarous for <laughs> no reason and this magneto, is like when you get it as a smash item and you throw it in the bees only attack your enemies and magneto and xavier sadly and like weirdly slowly walk away and that's, that's the how end of the episode ends. that's how it like, ends what was all that shit what did we just watch who the fuck are those people why <laughs> Wait, are we there okay not just the savage light who the fuck was anyone in this episode outside the x-men i don't okay i feel like the lesson that we've learned is like the x-men characters need to just stay inside because like if they leave their <laughs> homes they just stumble into weird shit and they I need mean, to just like stop according to this universe like every town is in some sort of like chaotic peril. Okay, so like Russia has been completely decimated by a robot. Apocalypse destroyed Stonehenge and the Eiffel Tower. Yes, uh, yes, you're right. The friends of humanity are just running around the streets murdering people, and nobody is stopping them. No, no one's stopping them. They are armed. They have guns. They have bombs. There's like they're there's just like, like gang fights buildings. in Louisiana, and there's like no technology in Alaska. Yeah, like Louis. Uh, there's also no technology in Louisiana. There's no electricity there. Yeah, it's no, just people just... on boats riding around fighting each other in the woods over butter dishes it's the like only, the only place that seems to have any tangible government and it's like not and it's still questionable so far is canada yeah <laughs> honestly this show's vision of the there's, world. there's also a giant tourist i mean island. i guess we're already doing politics There's also a tourist island, right? Where a bunch yes. of people are going to a hotel and then immediately are enslaved, and nobody's picked up on that either. Yeah. And nobody's like, questioning giant robots stomping through malls. This also, is like, like, isn't Senator Kelly supposed to be the president? Because he's like clearly doing a bad job so far. <laughs> like, just across the board. Like, look at what's happening. I mean, everywhere. I mean, in season one, we got to review a little bit of the politics. I guess we're in politics. Yeah, I, I, I know. I guess we started it. We just yeah. went and plunged into it. Anyway. Uh, in the first season, we had the president talk about actual politics and their standpoint as on how to deal with both mutants and humans and how mm -hmm. to bring them together. And the Sentinel program was like the huge yes. overarching debate. Right. And she, like there were debates going on and then she left and Senator Kelly took over and then immediately it's just been like just chaos reigns everywhere. <laughs> it's almost like Senator Kelly was really incompetent before he took office and even though he like changed his position, God, some of his positions, he's still like an idiot. World. I really don't want this to happen is that like now there's just going to be. you know it's already happening. I know. Like it's like well, I know we, that the friends we are of humanity like two steps away from countries getting destroyed by a robot like I that mean, if I woke up tomorrow and I read the news and that had occurred I'd be like seems about right like <laughs> that's where we're at now and if people write in and they're like actually Louisiana has just become dilapidated mansions with no electricity or running water <laughs> and people fighting over butter dishes I'd be like yeah that also sounds about accurate to me like that seems right to me oh my 
my god i'm crying <laughs> like the idea like, that's like, i don't know i think this show is an accurate representation oh of like our society feel, and like what's happened i feel like the way that louisiana is posed in this in this oh, it's, episode it's like very offensive actually like jokes aside like the fucking accents are absurd well, and okay. like so no first one all, is like this you know I, the, I i think the whole this whole rivalry thing reminds me of that stupid musical that i don't even like i forget what it's called like west side story yeah that's what this is <laughs> But like, I just, I just this expect them start. This is not even close to, to as good as I that just, musical. And that just, musical's not good. But. I just, I imagine them snapping and like fighting yeah. over the da, butter da, da, dish, da, da, just singing about da, da, it. Da, da, da. And so also, when you're a thief, you're a thief. Fall away from your first cigarette <laughs> to your last die a day. Okay, I, you clearly know this musical better than I do. <laughs> I Holy just, shit! Anyway, there was a period of time in our lives where Maddie and I like tried to well, be musicals, and yeah, that time I, is long gone. It is long gone. But I used to do a lot more musical theater. Anyway, no one cares. Um, so okay, so this I is know what you're saying, and, it, and West Side Story is based on Romeo and Juliet, and so, so I yeah, think is some of this where that's it's what like I'm too. Remy and uh belladonna were engaged to be married and that like remy's a thief she's an assassin warring gangs their their love was supposed to help keep the peace and even gambit's line where he's like we were too young back then it's like oh maybe they were it also really sort of like, like Julia, 14 but and of them, 17 or however yeah, old Romeo and Julia are supposed suicide to be. at the end they just like leave yeah well gambit left belladonna stuck around and became the leader of the assassins and became like really mad so it's kind of like a twist ending in a way that I, I mean, I guess we have to get to the part where we talk about, like, Belladonna as a character. Like, the bitter, sure. jilted bride is, like, a total stereotype. Oh, you my know? God. I think I mean, everything with the rain and the way that she was acting, I, I was like, what commentary are you saying that, like, women force men into marriage and it's, like, locks them in and ruins their lives and yeah, it's basically, and like, dying? and she's like, you said you would marry me, like, whatever, 20 years ago or something, so now you have to do it now even though you don't want to and you have to be trapped in a loveless marriage with me because you said you would and she like becomes this like screaming harpy with lightning that shoots out of her eyes and it's I like think, okay i mean <laughs> i'm sure there i'm sure there are some relationships that are like this but i think it's a really bad portrayal of breakups marriage and yeah marriage and i was like okay women are not like this at all i don't know what you're talking about that's exactly what we're all like so can i can i just put it out there that generally what happens is it's the other way around where the man marries a woman and then he turns out to be shitty a lot of the time and i know it yeah, can happen but the other way but you hear reason... a lot about it more often <laughs> no i know but for some reason that's like not what any of our fiction is about and instead no. it's about like how Benny men spaghetti. are just so put upon by women at all times yeah that's just what so hard for them here. also betty spaghetti i have no i have no commentary about her i i mean i was delighted by her existence i don't know what she's doing in this episode she's or what like the fucking weird, butter dishes she's are a, she's not even a she or a character or a zelda char- she's more of a zelda character Somebody's- she is more of a she actually does feel very much like a zelda character because of like how weird and surreal her tasks are that she's assigning to people like it feels like a video game thing where yeah. it's like why am i doing this you just like, need the if- ocarina to summon her and then she gives you like a power yeah up. but you have to make sure to have the right object to give if to her don't- or else she'll 
kill you. He just immediately get a game over. That's how this goes. Yeah. But like, what the fuck is the box? I don't know. This isn't anything to do with politics. I'm just like still mad that this episode doesn't tell us any information about what's happening. They don't tell us any information about like why the fucking gains are worrying in the first place. They don't say what the box is. They don't explain where fucking Betty Spaghetti came from or how she became involved with all of them. Yeah, or like, how do they get rid of her? Like, are they just going to stop showing up and she'll leave them alone? Like, how do they get locked into this weird contract with her you know like we don't know how it started and if it's even possible to get out of it they just exist in this weird timeless area of louisiana where the fucking witch keeps on coming out of the swamp every 10 years and like nothing around louisiana has changed except people get older it's really weird i i don't know what it's trying to say like i can't even argue like this is a stunning commentary on gang violence and like how people just don't know what they're fighting for because it's like it's just can, can we talk about how this is happening in louisiana and literally every character in this episode is white white i know i was I thinking about that, that was, the whole time too especially know, with like the really over the top louisiana accents and like usually this part of the expect, world is really diverse but not this episode it's 100 percent white people well that's what i'm saying is that in the in the comics i know there's at least one guy greece and he's supposed i think he's an assassin i can't remember which guild he's in because eventually they just kind of like unify or whatever i would assume i mean i would have assumed that all of gambit's friends would be like a diverse ragtag no, it's group not. Of it's it's mostly pals. white guys even in the comics i just know there's grease damn it fucking marvel comics <laughs> come on guys grease actually makes an appearance in x-men evolution which i was impressed with but you know what's interesting about this episode is that gambit's dad jean-luc is not in this episode at all and yeah. he's he's actually a pretty big character in the x-men universe i was expecting him to show up in this and i was surprised when he didn't yeah i was like come on Who give me a gambit episode people? give me give me some fucking gambit daddy issues but there's that's not what this episode is we get no issues i mean we get issues <laughs> but they're like not real well, we ones. get like ex fiance issues yeah it's fucking not good and i don't even know if there's anything else you could say politically i mean unless uh, I, mean, nah. I, I, I mean i mean i guess we could i guess that's a good that's as good a transition as any to talk about our spotlight this week who's that considering we're real curious about that, that i don't old... know who it is wait well who I, is I, it? I guess we'll find out who is it in fact who's that x-men except he's not an x-men unless he feels like it oh he's like part-time He's a part-time <laughs> Yeah. <it's, laughs> but he's DM. still getting health insurance. Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, it's going to be Gambit. Hell yeah. So, everyone get out your top 20 bingo cards for Ryan's list. Uh, <laughs> Gambit falls on the list at number 19 for me. Cool. And he did it originally. Like, I was like, I've had an on and off relationship liking Gambit. and You had an on and off relationship with just Gambit. Just with Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I really liked him until... I was okay so here's a story I was really I I did really like Gambit from the cartoons and the video games and the comics when I was first into like the X-Men I thought he was a cool character I even made a shitty like costume of him once when I was like 16 and if you guys really want to see it you can write in and I'll post it up on the Patreon and then Katie got into Gambit and you know when you are at a certain age that if somebody else likes something you instantaneously have to hate it yes Uh, that that happened for a very long time 
but as an adult i've been able to really get into gambit again <laughs> so like <laughs> it's funny pre- because i feel like that happened with katie and x-men and you for like a while but then she kind of came around and was like i guess i like x-men and then she got super into gambit and you were like no more like <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty much in like i if katie listens to this i'm sorry she knows that i'm already sorry because like it was just like the shitty thing you do when you were a teenager um, well, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, his full name is Remy Etienne Lebeau. Uh, he has the ability to mentally create, control, and manipulate pure kinetic energy. Uh, so, that, you know, when he's holding cards and they explode, he charges it with his kinetic energy, which honestly is a really cool power, is that you touch things and it char- charges with energy, then it explodes. It's not really a power I had ever seen before. I'm sure there are plenty of characters like that now, but like when Gambit first came out of the comic books, I was like, this is a really cool power. And yeah. So that's why he can throw playing cards and use them as weapons because he can use pretty much anything as a weapon as long as he touches it. Right. But he just uses playing cards because it looks so cool. Right. I remember it took me a while to understand that. Like when Katie was first getting into Gambit, I was like, why does he have these magical cards? And she was like, no, he can charge the cards with his power, idiot. Uh, yeah, like, seriously. Okay. Uh, before we found out his mutant powers, he was kind of written to have these other powers, which he doesn't have, which includes foresight via tarot cards thermal manipulation and like this accelerated regeneration but that's all not that's not part of it yeah i was if it was it's not anymore oh it said also transmutation of substances into acid or poisons i think this is when they were just figuring out what the fuck he could do Mm -hmm. um also important to note that gambit in 2012 almost out of the closet as bisexual when james asmus was trying to write he was peeking his toe out of the closet yeah he was trying to but basically he said that you know the people in charge of marvel came down and said they're not going to redefine his character to be that way but again this is one of those many situations which we talked about in the last episode where all the writers think a lot of these characters are like gay and or bisexual and they're just not allowed to be because corporations exist Mm -hmm. or at least the people who are in charge of marvel don't want that yeah pretty much so uh, he was created by Chris Claremont, one of our favorites, and mm-hmm. he had Gambit has had a lot of solo series. He's definitely had at least three long solo series and a bunch of sort of mini series. <laughs> he has an on and off again relationship with Rogue, and I put in parentheses and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of the Thieves <laughs> Guild, and he has connections with Mister Sinister. All right, so buckle up because this is going to be like a Wolverine Mystique one. Okay, I, I tried to shorten it, but like honestly, I I find a lot of his stuff fascinating, so. And there's a lot of connections to Mr. Sinister. Of course, because they're also dating. But anyway, get to it. (laughs) All right. So he was born in New Orleans and New Louisiana, but he was immediately kidnapped as a baby by a thieves guild. Not the one that you know. This is just a thieves guild, because according to Marvel, (laughs) Louisiana is just fucking West Side Story. Um, (laughs) The thieves believed that he was prophesized to be uh, the thing that was going to bring thieves and assassins together and make them stop fighting. They referred to him as the White Devil. So Gambit, as he got older, joined Fagin's mob, who taught him how to be a thief. After he'd been living in the streets for about 10 years, um, he's tried to pickpocket Jean-Luc Lebeau, who is the, like, sort of the leader of the Thieves Guild, and he decides to take Gambit off the streets. Um, and around the time that he was a teenager, Gambit's powers manifested, but he didn't tell anybody that his powers manifested uh, until later on when he was sort of, like, forced to use them. When he was 15, he was accompanied by his cousin Etienne for the tithing, a ritual initiation test of the Thieves' Guild. So in this, this in the part, comics, yeah. <laughs> it makes a little bit more sense because it's not like Betty Spaghetti 
it's just like and it's like an initiation test which makes way more sense because it does it doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing because it's an initiation test like when you join a fucking frat house and it's all still the butter dishes right i mean they shouldn't have changed that you know it's so good i don't i don't recall (laughs) there being any butter dishes in this Uh, well that's too bad their first initiation test was to go steal from this woman kendra that we think is supposed to be betty spaghetti but it didn't work out because she has like the power of immortality and she knew who gambit was because of a time travel situation and she just sold him to a slave trader known as the pig the thieves guild did rescue gambit from him but etienne drowned in trying to escape um in his teens and so that's like kind of similar to this episode but like really not at all no <laughs> like, i mean like you can see where they pulled that from overarching but like... parallels where it's like yeah one of gambit's relatives is in trouble and like he has to do something as an initiation ceremony for a gang that he's in and betty but... spaghetti is here and she's immortal yeah um, but, but other it, than it, that... it was because he was robbing her like as part of his test right so in his teens gambit was hired by mr sinister to steal back mr sinister's own diaries from the weapon x program which i thought was hilarious uh he went while he's there gambit witnesses wolverine escape which explains why he wants to fuck him so bad because he saw him ass naked for the like that's how they met gambit also during this time when he was exploring the weapon x facility and it was so cold out he was like it's so cold. I'm going to go back to New Orleans and steal myself a warm coat so I never have to deal with this again. So that explains where that comes from. Remy does get the diaries and he decides that they are too dangerous for Mr. Sinister to have. So he burns them and then heads back. And both Mr. Sinister and the Thieves Guilds are like really mad at him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for some reason. I know. So then Gambit does marry Belladonna, who's the granddaughter of the head assassin of the Assassin's Guild, which they don't mention on the TV show at all. Uh, well, but they, they do tr- say she's like uh higher up in the assassins so whatever that's the shorthand yeah and so just like the show in romeo and juliet they tried to end the feud between them but gambit is challenged by belladonna's brother julian to a duel and gambit kills julian in this and because he does this everyone just straight up exiles gambit from the whole city and that means that he can't get married to belladonna uh so for a while gambit traveled the world to become a master thief his powers were just too powerful and out of control because, like, I guess he was just making everything explode. So he went to Mr. Sinister for help, who removed a portion of Gambit's brainstem to make him less powerful. In return, Mr. Sinister wanted Gambit to go on missions for him. He was tasked mm. with putting together the Dangerous Marauders, which I talked about in the Morlock episode, and he was ordered to lead them into the Morlock tunnels of New York City to kill everyone. Gambit obviously did not agree with this, but couldn't stop the mutant massacre from happening. So, the only person he was able to chat, the only child he was able to save was Marrow, uh, which is important later on in the nineties. While he's out running around the world being Gambit, Gambit runs into Storm, who had some kind of amnesia and was trying to escape the Shadow Cane. And during this time, Storm and Gambit go around like thieving together, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. It is cool. Uh, we talked about it in Storm's backstory episode. Yeah, too. we did. And then Storm eventually brought them back to the X Men. And when he gets there, immediately Wolverine is the one who like doubts Gambit as somebody that's like reliable at all. And so <laughs> it's because Wolverine is a huge hypocrite, and yeah, like there can only be one loner on the X Men. There can only one be time. one Wolverine. <laughs> so Wolverine doubted Gambit and le- led them to fighting and fucking in the danger room. Uh, and Gambit used a robot of Lady Deathstrike, one of Wolverine's many ex-girlfriends, uh, to distract <laughs> him and attack his Reaver injuries. And then almost immediately after that, Gambit and the X-Men were taken to space by Lila Chini to fight the Shadow King. Uh, just as a side <laughs> note, 
Bishop like you is, do. Yeah, Bishop is attacked by Belladonna, and during a battle with the Brood Queen, Gambit sees Belladonna die. Then after this, Gambit and Rogue kind of like meet and start flirting. At some point, Sabretooth show, uh, shows up and hints to the X-Men that Gambit has a dark secret. Magneto, who was disguised as Eric the Red at the time, puts Gambit on a mock trial where he had Rogue kiss Gambit to get all of his memories, and they learn about how he led all the Marauders to kill all the Morlocks. Rogue immediately rejects Gambit, and the X-Men decide to deal with this by dumping Gambit into the middle of Antarctica to die. Yep. I remember is, all of this. Yep. Uh, Gambit survives. He makes his way back to Magneto's Citadel, where he encounters a psychic essence uh, known uh, of a dead mutant known as Mary Purcell. They bonded so he could survive until he reached the Savage Land, because why not? Uh, and strikes, strikes a deal with this being known as New Sun. We don't know who he is yet. And in exchange, he has to go back to America and help out with this other guy, Jacob, who I should mention turns into a woman later. And it's mm. kind of interesting because this is in the Gambit ser- solo series where he and Jacob are running around like thieving and being assholes together. And it's kind of like weirdly sexual between them. And then Jacob. So wait, does Jacob have mutant powers? No, no, no. So then Jacob like gets a spell put on him and he turns into a woman forever. And Gambit's like, you know what? Let's just fuck. So they do. <laughs> so is Jacob like chill with the situation? Like no, what? No, no, because it's just like a fan fiction that someone wrote. No, no, because this is like a really real what it situation. Like. And so Jacob actually is into like the whole thing. Jacob is actually an author's self insert that someone created and was like, yeah, here's this much. really cool human who hangs out with Gambit and then magically transforms into a beautiful lady and then yeah. fucks Gambit. Yeah. All right. It's, I think I know what's going on with that uh, writer. I know. And then after that, Gambit's powers amplify again. And during that time, Rogue, like, you know, once when the the identity of Gambit wears off of her, she kind of feels bad about what they did. And she goes back to Antarctica to find him, but clearly he's gone at that point. Uh, so then Gambit later on encounters Storm and Kitty, who are, while he's trying to steal the Crimson Gem of Sidorak, but and they basically convince him to come back to the X-Men and they're like, We're really sorry. The X-Men made a bad call here. And like you should really come back. And Storm's like, You're like my brother, and Kitty's like, you know, I don't know why the X-Men are saying that you should be kicked out for doing the wrong thing because nobody here except for me, Kitty Pride, has like a good history. <laughs> yeah, like a perfect record. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't know why they would do that. Uh and so Gambit agrees, but only because he's, like, still in love with Rogue and wants to, like, go flirt with Rogue some more. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we find out that New Sun, his true identity is that he's Gambit from another dimension, which Gambit deals with by literally burning his essence away. Then this is a whole thing that we got in a whole X-Men episode about, is that Bishop finds a video of the future of Jean Grey saying that all the X-Men have been killed, and Bishop goes to the witness to know who it was, but... The witness won't tell him, so Bishop goes back in time. The witness, by the way, is Gambit. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit on the episode of this show that was like the shittily told version of Bishop's story. I mean, it's like not that different here because then Bishop goes back to the past and screams that Gambit is the traitor repeatedly until he follows Gambit around for a long time to realize that he couldn't be the traitor and then it turns (laughs) out to be Onslaught instead. Yeah. Uh, Gambit then joins Storm's... team to search for destiny's diaries which is the extreme x-men run which i i recommend uh some people don't like it but i enjoyed it sebastian shaw framed gambit for the assassination of the australian crime lord viceroy and with the assistance of rogue and storm's x-men they clear gambit's name 
then in the battle with Vargas, who is kind of like the big bad in Extreme X-Men, uh, Gambit is about to be stabbed by Vargas's sword, but Rogue blocks it by throwing herself on top of them, and they both get stabbed. Somehow they both survive, and somehow they both lose their powers, and so they choose to go live a domestic life in a house away from the X-Men together until their powers come back, in which they just go back to the X-Men. Yeah. And then at one point, Mystique is mad that Rogue is like constantly in this in an on and off again relationship with gambit so she goes to the x-men chandra uh disguised as a student named fox to seduce gambit but rove figures out that it's mystique and they just like basically kick her out immediately yeah uh, we talked about that on the mystique app there's we like did. some weird mystique gambit things yeah we're about <laughs> to get into that too but first gambit tries to infiltrate apocalypse's ranks but is instead transformed into the horseman of death despite de- being death and losing his memory, Gambit does have some awareness that he is Gambit and that he's in love with Rogue, and he can't actually kill her when it comes down to killing her. And then Pulse shows up and neutralizes his powers, so that he, we don't even need to worry about that. And then Gambit and Sunfire, who was also a horseman at that time, leave to go find themselves and free themselves up of Apocalypse's grasp until Mr. Sinister shows up and is like, join my marauders. And they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, during this time, he Gambit works with for Mr. Sinister and with Mystique. Um, he encounters Cable during the Messiah Complex, then they have a whole cat fight. Mm-hmm. Gambit destroys Destiny's diary so Mr. Sinister can't get them. Because basically, Mr. Sinister sends Gambit to go get Destiny's diaries, and Gambit burns them, and I wrote, wow, I can't believe Mr. Sinister fell for this twice. Yeah, like, I've read these. Idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then Wolverine targets Gambit specifically during Messiah Complex uh, at Mr. Sinister's Antarctic base, and Logan, quote-unquote, tortures him and gambit eventually reveals cable has the baby and then mm-hmm. mr sinister and the x-men attack and it's like chaos the x-men then discover that the marauders hideout is on weir island but gambit actually left out like a trail for them to follow because he wanted them to find him because gambit is working with mystique and they're also trying to get the same fucking baby this is where okay so this is like the whole baby thing again where like we're like oh what's the baby gonna do and like yeah rogue's sick and it's the only way to save her and so mystique shows the baby against rogue's skin and gambit pushes her away saying rogue wouldn't want an innocent baby to die to save her but then both baby and rogue survive and mystique's like well fuck i messed that one up and quickly leaves yes and rogue's like really mad about it and her powers are like now under control again and she just goes i need to go figure some stains out if you really love me don't follow me so he doesn't then gambit finds out the assassin's guild is now back and they're trying to kill xavier so he fights them off and then they are trying to figure out who sent them and it turns out to be mr sinister uh so then after all that gambit and xavier decide to go find rogue because her powers are like out of control again and like danger is like talking to rogue and manipulating her powers and so there's just like this whole world of illusion fucking happening that has to do with rogue and gambit like keeps seeing rogue in pain and like it's really mad and then at the end of it xavier realizes that rogue's powers hadn't like fully developed yet so he like takes down the walls in her brain to let them fully develop and then she has control over her powers and so it ends with her and gambit like making out which is you know gambit stuck it out all that time you know patience he's a patient man oh yeah uh, Gambit, so then Gambit and Rogue go to Utopia in San Francisco and work for Cyclops' team in the X-Men for a while. And during that time, Cyclops orders Gambit to destroy the Omega Chair, which was built by Osborne at Hammer Headquarters, which neutralizes mutant powers. So just straight up gets rid of them. During this time, Gambit fights two other characters, Hijack and Input. He defeats Hijack, but Input manages to bring out Remy's death persona again, which does end up defeating 
input so it didn't really work in his favor but then gambit had to like bring death back under control so he didn't be that way and when he gets back cyclops had sent rogue to go fight emplet by herself and gambit was like that was really dangerous and a bad call of you cyclops and cyclops was like you have bad mood swings and you need to leave and so <laughs> gambit does god fucking cyclops and then Gambit goes to Limbo for a little while to rescue Magic. And of course, during the time he's in Limbo, he turns into death again because Limbo is just like a hellscape bullshit chaos world. And uh, just to make like everything else with Limbo is just ridiculous. And his as death, his playing cards can turn into turn other people into death as well. So he turns Dazzler and Northstar also into death until pixie and fucking magic user swords against him and like he turns back to normal cool because why not <laughs> uh gambit then rejoins the x-men with the decapitated head of dracula summons the x-men to battle his son zaras and this is the whole curse of the mutants when jubilee turns into a vampire for like Ugh. almost an entire decade which to like literally this week she yeah, like is a yesterday? mutant again yeah, yeah like literally as of a day ago she is just straight up a mutant again yeah like thank, thank god, god. <laughs> and then after that he follows x23 around because x23 goes looking for her past and gambit's kind of mm-hmm. like eh, you know, i've I'm read gonna... these and we've talked about these yeah and it's good i like gambit and laura's relationship because yeah it's fun i think it's fun and also he's like especially you know... since gambit is kind of like similar to wolverine in some ways right and since and... she like can't go to wolverine because she like goes through phases where she doesn't trust well him no and, like, so what happened alone. with laura especially during this time is that wolverine had just pulled her off x-force and he's like you gotta stop yes. killing people i it was i made the mistake well, because scott was doing that whole thing where he was like having laura be like a child soldier and he was like it's fine and storm was like is it though and then wolverine <laughs> was like i'm gonna step in here those are good comics people and they were and those. so laura didn't know what to do with herself and wolverine just literally is like you gotta go figure it out on yourself kid i'm not gonna help you at all and that's when gambit steps up he's like okay i'm gonna help you because the your dad's clearly not going to yeah, for some yeah. reason it's and, a weird thing yeah and just so you know i'm also your other dad uh, <laughs> You have two dads, just, kiddo, just, and I'm just the other one. Know. But then it gets waylaid by Mr. Sinister and Miss Sinister. Yeah, I was going to say, then they both get tortured by Mr. and Miss Sinister. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, Gambit joins Rogue, Magneto, Frenzy, and Xavier to go help Legion, who lost his memories. Uh, and then Gambit and Rogue leave after that to go join, join Jean Grey's School for Higher Learning. Uh, then Gambit joined the Astonishing X-Men team, which I recommend, and I believe this is part of Marjorie Lou's run, which was really good. It's the same run where North Star gets married, and Gambit's in that, and Cecilia Reyes comes back, and this is also the run where Gambit adopts a bunch of cats. <laughs> <laughs> Marjorie Lou is the best. I don't know if that's part of her run. I didn't ever get to those, but I, I would. To. I highly recommend them. They're good. After that, Gambit joins the new incarnation of X-Factor, which is run by siblings Quicksilver and Polaris, and it's it's totally different from previous X-Factors. It's one where corporations basically sponsor the X-Men, and that's it, and that's where he's been. Yay, Gambit! How, how, how much was that? 20 minutes? 25 minutes? Too many Not minutes? Not even that bad. You know, we've had longer segments than that. I think the Wolverine one is the longest, but hey, I've not really been keeping great track of that. So, no, whatever. Then sometimes we have, like, quick ones, and you <laughs> like that time we did Senator Kelly, and we were done in, like, two minutes. Some weeks we just have episodes of different lengths, and that's what you tune in for, folks. Anyway, do you want to talk about who's gay next, or do you want to do reader mail, or what? Oh, my God. I mean, it's pretty clear that... Gambit and Wolverine are gay, right? The X-Men are a metaphor for 
we're going to talk about who's gay. I mean, um, it's only because, <laughs> because it has to be, though, because throughout this entire episode, whenever it's posed that Rogue might be mad that Gambit's with another woman, yeah. literally Wolverine, Wolverine will run makes... over and interrupt <laughs> and just scream, get away from him! And also makes yeah. comments like, you ain't the marrying kind because you're gay. <laughs> Yeah, although there is also like kind of a weird vibe between Gambit and Cyclops, so I guess I'll give oh, yeah. them an honorable, an honorable mention. mention. Although I like don't know what's happening there. It's like a weird sex thing they have that went too far by accident. Yeah, because so it's, it's kind of a tragic tale. Because that Rogue and Jean show up at the end, they're like, "What and is then, even and happening then here?" Cyclops, like by himself in the hospital bed, was like, "Why doesn't Gambit trust me?" And like crying all alone. It's like a really after, sad story but, if you just uh, look at also, Cyclops's half. After just getting fucked so hard by gambit that like he has like bad memories of it yeah i know, I know. so then it's really sad that he's like when is gambit gonna come back it's like geez all I, right you know the x-men Honestly, are all in like these weird codependent relationships it's with each just other. cyclops because like his other relationship is with wolverine who also fucks him up insanely and hard I mean, and let's also be, let's be Jean real gene does too yeah, yeah. like because she's the fucking then, dark phoenix and then emma frost yes okay cyclops is a bottom like he's duh. like a total bottom but not in the I same mean, way that wolverine can be that. sometimes because wolverine can be a bottom as long as somebody like steps on his balls scott just wants somebody <laughs> to like kick the shit him out of him yeah like cyclops wants somebody to like destroy his balls completely like i don't know <laughs> what's going on with him cyclops has some <laughs> fucked up actually no it's fine i support all kinks be safe cyclops you know like be careful with those danger room settings yeah man. use safety words i mean he couldn't because gambit was too busy so it's really gambit's fault he fucked up but gambit's always doing that <laughs> so anyway um anyway gambit and wolverine are the winners i think so too and i guess you could say Magneto and xavier but they're not really even oh, doing anything fuck, in this i episode. forgot they were even in this episode <laughs> <laughs> okay meanwhile i guess barbarous is gay i don't know whatever i Everyone mean i is. don't know what is happening there like, barbarous is like a huge muscle man who like bear hugs magneto and has like a group of boyfriends on pterodactyls so yeah, like there's much. some sort of homoeroticism going on there maybe but i guess we'll find out in future episodes i guess we can also say that maybe rogue and gene were fucking when cyclops and gambit were fucking but they didn't know each other were fucking I, I mean, one can only hope. I, uh, the most that we see of Rogue and Jean in the same scene is when they're holograms in Cyclops' weird fantasy with, like, Gambit. So, I don't know. They're barely on the same screen for the rest of this. I know. You know? It's ridiculous. Uh, I just hope it. that Storm and Jubilee were, like, out getting ice cream together or something for all of this. Because... I know. They're like, they're like, where are they? Are we doing dinner tonight? And Storm's like, no dinner is on me today and she pulls into mcdonald's and jubilee's like i'm gonna get a happy meal that's amazing i yes that's I all completely that canon oh my god all right it's great. Like, i just want like a separate episode that's like jubilee and storm's like hanging out and like jubilee is showing like storm jubilee's how like it. trying to get storm up to date on like hip new slang yeah, and like, stuff they're, yeah they're like they're at the arcade and then they go to like the record store because back then it would still be like uh, at least they would have tape cassettes and mm -hmm. records and they'd be like you know she'd be showing listening storm. to stuff yeah and storm, storm would be, be showing her like world music cds and jubilee would be like no you gotta get hip to the new stuff i know and then so then be, then like okay now we're gonna go next and like storm was like we're gonna go to we're gonna go take a hike through the woods and then after that jubilee is like okay now we're gonna go get like big juicy burgers so that we walk through the woods this is the best story i've ever written by the way we should <laughs> film it and put it up on atomic blue productions okay great casting now for the roles of storm and 
Jubilee. That's it. There's nobody else. As the else. lead roles in a movie that we're writing only about the two of them because that's what we want. I mean, welcome, universe. You know what? I would not be opposed to a comic book or TV episode that was just those two because it's that two would actually char- be really, really. It would fun. be really great because then also they're like two characters that are in the minority that are just lead characters and also awesome. But they also like barely ever get to do stuff. I would watch. A, would I really would. Fun. I would totally take a solo series called. Everyone Storm else and would be like, "Why is Storm and Jubilee suddenly a pairing?" And we'll be like, "We don't care." So anyway, it's like never gave They're just it, they're just like cool sisters. I don't know. Yeah, they are. Anyway, oh, do we have any reader mail? Well, yeah, but don't we want to rate the episode first, or we do that at the end? Oh I don't shit, know. Uh, zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would give it. I'll give it one x but it's kind of weird because i feel like this is like a so bad it's good kind of a category I, that's of episode. what i was gonna say is that I'm so i'm like a, how do we rate this it's not very good i don't recommend it negative but I, five I, no for... i don't feel like it's i don't feel like it's as bad as fucking wolverine in alaska or anything no because it's not colossus. like an episode that i watch it where i'm like this is racist or whatever like it's not it's not like that it's just like really funny and stupid and like I'll, you I'll laugh it, at it i'll give it two out of five x's because it's funny to watch just because it's so campy and weird. And also, like, it's one of those things that I, I don't know, I, I'm saying 2Xs because at this point, we've created our own version of the story that has now induced yeah, me with much better memories. Like, this whole, like, West Side <laughs> Betty, Story spaghetti and the butter game dishes. fight over a butter dish with, like, a Zelda fairy popping out of the fucking mud. Like, I think that's a better yeah, story. I mean, that is what happened. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll lock it up to, to 1.5. Why not? All right. All right, there you go. So those are our ratings. Any comments on the episode I have, I think I've already stated where I think it's just a hodgepodge of bad writing. I don't even know. Like, I don't know what they're pulling from here. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's not, it's not like super great animation either because there's a lot of like really visually confusing scenes that like felt like they were done in the wrong order. So that's tough. It, there's not a lot to recommend this episode other than that it's like funny to watch. I agree. I was thinking about the fact that there was just a lot of plot devices in here that were were not explained whatsoever like well we know what the butter dish does we don't know what the tithe is we don't know why these characters been worrying for 300 years we don't know why there's a fucking magical woman that lives in the swamps of louisiana we don't understand like where anyone's parents are we don't understand like any of this like it's not explained (laughs) and they they all talk about it in passing like we're supposed to know but it's not like when the shadow king came up when it was much more cleverly job of making you feel like confused and worried about the shadow king but also giving you enough exposition that you understood who, who he was, he was and, why it and mattered. like that they fought him before and like you know rogue's comments were very i at the time we were kind of like laughing at the episode but the way that they well there were things we complimented about like the that way that they did them. exposition on that show and i mean in this episode it's i don't know what they were adapting like they don't even really have a comic they were adapting which i guess was also true in the storm episode that was just totally invented right. but for this they invented something that doesn't even make any sense and that's i mean too they bad. kind of pulled a little bit from the comic books and then just ran I mean, with like, some concept ugh, ideas and just did barely. their own thing like they kind of kept the romeo and juliet sort of will they won't they with belladonna but i don't know just about everything else is invented right so yeah i mean it's completely manufactured for this episode so all the other stuff that is invented for the episode is the stuff that doesn't make any sense so whoopsie yeah anyway. it's just kind of a messy episode and it's it was one of those things that i was hoping similar to repo man where it's like i've seen this episode hundreds of times but i have not watched it through a critical lens and this time i did and i was hoping that i would learn something which was the case for almost the entire season of 
one of x-men the animated series where i was like wow watching yeah. this as an adult i've actually really and applaud I, I feel them like for the writing to like wring some things out of this season two despite this season being goofier i know but, but i think the way that i reflected on this at the end was i was like wow this got like way worse than as adult somehow <laughs> like yeah and, and as it opposed to out, season one where we were continuously like wow this show's way better than i remembered it being you know yeah, and there weren't even any scenes in here that it, i could explain to you because remember when we were going over repo man you were confused about why wolverine attacked them when they were shooting the deer and i was like oh no he thinks that they're talking about him yeah I don't yeah have- yeah any moments in this where i could extrapolate like what's actually yeah, happening i'm just doomed like all the moments i was actually sort of hoping you would be able to help me because sometimes no, you're like oh was, i've watched it 200 times so i know what's really I, happening and you know what's but, bad is that then i went to our gambit expert and she just like yeah, katie doesn't couldn't know. answer me and then sent me links to things that made it even harder to understand and i was like okay there's no answer here <laughs> so we tried folks we, we did tried. we did anyway do we have any reader mail? We just have one this week. And we have it from our good friend Claire, which, Yay! by the way, I want to make a comment here is that we were just at Arishia this past weekend and we talked on multiple panels, including one about X-Men and one about Legion. And the X-Men one was about representation in the comics. Yeah. And, and like metaphors for yes. marginalized and people. And one, one of the topics the moderator wanted to talk about was the Morlocks. And we brought up and specifically said Claire sent us an email. <laughs> yeah, we talked about <laughs> the email that Claire sent to yeah, us. Yeah, we first we had to declare. It was just like, like a cool way to promote our show, but mostly to talk about how Claire is smart. Yeah, well, we we brought the show. We're like, we promised we're not trying to promote the show, but on our show, <laughs> we had somebody write in. And she had this great point, and here's the concept theory. And it did actually end up opening, I think it ended up creating the opening that we needed for the rest of that panel to go. To yeah, like because let people we were talk like, about, we were talking like, about just, like the concept of Morlocks being a metaphor for like transness. And then that sort of kickstarted what the rest of the panel was, which was just sort of interesting discussion of like when those metaphors for being marginalized can work and when they can just feel heavy handed or too simplistic. And I mean, it was cool. It was a cool panel. Aresia is a cool con that has cool panels. Yeah. And so I just wanted to say, since I'm about to read this email from Claire, that we did actually talk about this outside of our podcast and put it out there we did, to a room full of people. We did, and we talk about the X-Men and our wonderful Mutant Ages fans all the time because yeah, it's all we have. You guys are fantastic. It's all we have! I'm okay with that, as long as that's X-Men related. I'm okay with it, too. All right, so she writes, Hey, guys, hope your holidays were all right and that you have fun at Aresia or had fun as the next episode will most definitely be out after the convention. <laughs> Go figure as soon as you say X-Men, the animated series is still on Hulu. It gets taken down. I choose to believe that Disney executives listened to your show and didn't realize it was still available until you pointed it out at all. <laughs> this oh, of course no. means that they are aware of all the fans clamoring for Ryan to play Mr. Sinister. So, <laughs> so I expect that news to be coming out any day now. Last time I wrote in, I proposed the theory that Wolverine was looking at a picture of Morph pretending to be Jean in that season one scene. Maddie rightly pointed out that it was a photo of Jean and Scott, which would punch a hole in my theory, except we already established in the first episode of season two that Wolverine has Scott Summers robots just lying around for when he needs to blow (laughs) off some steam so the dream lives on. Yep. Yeah, I, I like this interpretation. <laughs> I don't remember if they were writing into this show or Let's Watch Two Movies, but someone requested a guest appearance from Gita Jackson, and I second this. You guys should exploit those Kotaku resources and do a stream of X-Men Legends or the co-op arcade game with her. 
Oh, oh that would be fun. My God. I like what I think what happened Gita is, that is like the secret co-host that everybody wishes that we also had on the show. And I shows? don't blame anyone. Because okay. She's I think what happened is that it actually came up on both shows because I think somebody wrote in or tweeted at you guys. Can you please have Gita Jackson on this on Let's Watch Two Movies? And then you guys yeah. talked about it on the podcast. But then separately at some point, I also brought up Gita on our show. And it's like, well, because we be all know each Gita other. Was on this show yeah no i know it's there's no i mean that's it's the crossover that's waiting to happen also claire if you can go back all the way to our old podcast insomniacs in the morning i which why would you it's like a full year of episodes it's also not very good and also gita (laughs) i I, in that i like would say things specifically to gita on that show and she wasn't even listening to it she would watch it sometimes though but like at random i don't god that was such a weird show anyway a lot of people who listen to this show listen to that show and props to them yeah at least the show is like semi-structured uh no we have actually talked about doing uh eventually stuff for the atomic blue productions after i move up to massachusetts and some of them have included playing the arcade game do a let's play we were talking Mm -hmm. about getting our friend todd harper on that show uh, yeah also... todd wants to do it but todd lives even further away than gita so yeah. all of these plans are a little difficult when everybody lives in different states but it, it's not for lack of wanting I and think i'm sure I would we also can come up like, with something to do love us to play either just as maddie and i or we can have gita or anyone even mary ellen play some of the video games with us but i'm specifically thinking of like the older retro gaming games uh which i think gita would have a lot to say about that but um and then yeah I think at some point I want us to tackle way down the line that at some of the X-Men full story games. So there's the two X-Men Legends games and then there's the X-Men Destiny game that came out a few years ago that was terrible. Mm-hmm. There's also those like other Marvel Ultimate Alliance games that I've played, but those those yeah, have X-Men in them. That's but the same style as uh, the X-Men Legends games. I think X-Men right. Legends came first and then that was successful enough for them to be like, let's make Avengers. Yeah. So, so. anyway, I guess we're just saying that we're going to apparently do a bunch of x-men themed let's plays whenever ryan lives in massachusetts ryan's just <laughs> announcing this without having told me ahead of time but apparently that's something we're gonna do i mean this is how i roll i just show up i'm like <laughs> okay so we're gonna i think that happened this last weekend i should we sat well, down it all started because we like you jokingly were like what if we played the x-men arcade game and then like everybody responded to be like please play it <laughs> and then now you're like okay let's just put all of us playing the x-men on our youtube channel and we can do that we have a youtube channel it's atomic blue productions we've got a lot of really really fun videos on there already and we're almost at the plug section anyway so yeah uh, that's it for the reader mail so thanks again claire uh first of all i i would love for any of you to email us uh you can email us at themutantages at gmail.com we've had some good emails we've had a lot of good tweets and i keep on thinking maybe i should pull some of those and read them during the reader mail like that time that somebody drew xavier with a bunch of dicks coming out of him yeah that somebody did draw that for us and if you want to see that fan art if it can be called art it is it's art i guess uh and other stuff it's on our twitter which is the mutant ages and we're also individually on twitter i'm at Mitty myers and i'm at ryan pagella and like you said you can go to our youtube channel atomic blue productions which is the overall branching company for all of our production stuff and we make a bunch of videos and we'll be posting some new ones pretty soon i also mm-hmm. take clips from this episode and put them to the animated show so you know how like last not the last episode but a few episodes 
ago when Wolverine went to that jungle where Morph was in a bar and like someone was dressed as Fred Flintstone and Maddie couldn't get over it. Well, yeah, I Ryan animated made that. like a really funny video. Yeah, you can find it that. and you can see what she's talking about. Ryan uh, makes a lot of really funny videos that are like excerpts of this show put together with scenes from the actual episodes we're talking about. And like, it's as good as you would want it to be. And I love them and I hope you go watch them. I mean, to be honest with you, I... The reason why I even started doing that is because Mary Ellen did some for Let's Watch Two movies, yeah, and they which were are so also really good. great. And, and she like, only made like three of them, and I'm always like, you know, if you ever have time to make more, but she works like six jobs. Anyway, yeah, check seriously. out her YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also, finally, please support us on Patreon. Like as I said, um, we are planning some big stuff for 2018, and we can't really announce a lot of it until after I make this move. But that is within yeah, the next but like apparently we're gonna months. buy a copy of every single X Men game ever made, and we're gonna like well, stream them or just, something. That's gonna a cost a those. little bit of money, so maybe you should support us on Patreon. But we we, we do want to start producing some more videos and get some more podcast people involved with us. But like we need some better equipment, and we definitely have gotten some stuff that you guys have gotten for us, including the bike that I'm using headphones that both mary ellen and i use we're currently saving up because we need to get uh uh some new camera lenses and lights and better cameras and microphones and And like you know this shit breaks eventually so and it also really adds up like the good stuff is usually like over 150 dollars yeah maddie doesn't settle for anything less because she's a professional with her audio equipment and i get it because whenever we have to order like the video equipment i'm like we have to buy this really expensive thing and so (laughs) well it's because we want things to look good if possible or sound good right and we also are always open to feedback on how we can make the show better so please email us at themutantages at gmail.com and if you hate it you can say that too and if you really like it you can just say that and most importantly please 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 leave us a review on itunes like right now oh, yeah. while you're listening barely to this. anybody leaves any reviews for us on itunes which is unusual because i know it, y'all are out there increases and you like the show our visibility and that would be great and i would love that Write a and review. please and finally i, I don't want to make this plug section forever but i'm already doing it so here we go if you like our stuff and you want to see more of it obviously you can go to our youtube channel but also you know please like us on facebook and also go to our twitter atomic blue prod and we post everything so not just the mutant ages stuff you'll see that in there but when we put out any other kind of video that maddie and yeah. i make or if let's or watch like, two let's movies watch comes two out movie stuff or and... my other podcast warcraft valley comes out you can see that and be the first to see that uh and if you're subscribed to the patreon you, yeah even if you're at... like at the lowest level of the patreon you get like a newsletter every week that ryan writes explaining when everything is coming yeah, out so what you know movies before we're gonna watch else. or what episode we're up to on this show or whatever and like there's all different ways to keep up with everything that we do so hopefully you'll find the one that you like the best and subscribe to it yep sorry for all the plugs guys it was i haven't done it like that in a while so i felt like it was time i don't <laughs> the know time has come time to, has... to remind you that we're on every social media ever the and also accepting your money the tithe the fucking tithe see you x tithe see you x tithe oh my god <laughs> see x time that episode was dumb the tithe <laughs> follow us at atomic blue or support us at patreon.com slash atomic blue productions